thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hello, people. Hello, people. Hello, people. <laughs> the Christian Counselor wrote. Yeah, they did. Quote. Who's the only human choice ahead? If you can't support him, why don't you abort instead? You know, we're actually not talking about that tonight. No abortion topics. What? When you're afraid to take a stand down here. Yep. Did you put a title on our show? I did. I did? <laughs> I didn't see it. Oh, wait. Uh-oh. I think I'm in the wrong account. No, I'm not. I'm in the right account. Okay. All right. Hello, people. I heard the Reverend say at the Methodist Church, hey. And we should apologize to them. Yeah, we should. Just so you know. But the record may be a little confused. Yeah, just a little. Tell it to the people in Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, that's right, people. The historical Sodom and Gomorrah. Whatever happened to sin? Yep. All right, people. Listen to this very closely here. He will. Well, I don't know about that. Tell them at your board again. Donald Trump thing. I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? Yeah, I did. <laughs> All right. Here it is, people. It's come down. Saxophone, Randall. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. All right, people. It is Friday, right? <laughs> what day is it? Only till midnight. Only till midnight. <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome, welcome to this edition of our show. I'm going to go ahead and do a couple things over here so my computer doesn't crash on me during the show. I hope that you all have had a lovely week. I hope it has been fruitful for you in the Lord. And I hope that you 
are feeling God's love and his peace in the midst of this wicked and perverse generation, people. Yeah. You know, you are the lights in the city. And Janet Parshall years ago wrote this book called The Light in the City, Christians Must Advance and Not Retreat. She actually wrote that book with her husband, Craig. It's one of my favorite books of all time. If you've never actually picked it up, you should go pick it up. It's probably super cheap over on Amazon or one of those used bookstore places um, that sells books. Um, so there you have it. All right. So what we're going to do tonight on El Programo. <laughs> That's... That's my limited Spanish. El Pollo Loco. Loco. See, yes, I would like some chicken. That's crazy. Uh, Anyway, so tonight on the show, we're (laughs) we're we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna look at a couple of things. We're gonna like number one, we're we're gonna talk about what sort we gonna talk. We're gonna talk about death camps for Trump supporters now. Posters. These things are sparking outrage. Yeah, they are. You're not going to believe this. We're going to talk about that first after we talk about our Bible passage. But we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how the Boy Scouts are running the largest pedophile ring on earth, which, you know, yeah, a lot of people not necessarily crazy about that. And we have another story titled, Can We Really Coexist Today? Can we? My friend Olivier Melnick wrote that. That's going to be interesting because we're going to look at the coexist sign. I'm sure lots of you people have seen those coexist bumper stickers out there. People put on their car and, they, and it's like, really? And then Temple Institute uh, says this to the Jews worldwide. Hey, build the third temple. And what does that mean for you as a believer? Huh? Well, I think it means a lot. And then we do have a couple of other stories here. Let's see. We have one titled, Nearly 600 Alabama United Methodists Sign an Apology Letter to the Gay Community. So we're going to look at that if we have time. And also, we're also going to look at this story here. This is a good news story. Pennsylvania court rules that seal with cross can stay up there in good old PA. They're advocating and supporting the cross. That's super cool. And what else here? Do I have something else? I have that one and that one and that one crashed. Oh, yes, this one, this important one. Um, A school punishes a poor little sixth grader because they used the wrong pronoun for a transgender student. Now, I don't know about you, but if you were a little sixth grader, which makes you what, about 11 or 12, 11 or 12, and you accidentally weren't politically correct, and then you got punished for it? What the heck? Would you, would you go home and call your Legal Shield attorney? Probably not, because Legal Shield won't cover that issue. <laughs> well, I don't know. It might. It probably, well, it may, but probably not under, it probably wouldn't cover a religious issue, because then again, this is not a religious issue. Anyway, we can talk about that later. Um, so that's another article that we pulled. I think we got seven articles, but the first thing, of course, we want to open up with today is saying hi to you, and I know that it's going to take a while for people to come in because Periscope and YouTube and all those people are spiking our show as usual, and it takes a while for stuff to get out, and we're not on every day, so that even makes it worse, but I see Melanie and Gina and Jeffrey over on Periscope, and I'm sure there's some other people there, and if you're on YouTube, you can say hi, and I know that there's people on Twitch as well, Uh, I think, hopefully. (laughs) Hello, people over on Twitch. 
feel free to chime in over there. Say hi if you're there. That way we can say hi to you back, even if you have a, a name that's weird, you know, which Twitch really does have a lot, a lot of weird names, just so you know. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm just going to state the obvious right above, right, right now, right up front, because uh, I know you're thinking it. You probably noticed it right off. My hair is a lot flatter than normal. It's not like poofed out, curly and stuff. Yes, that's true. You're super, super observant. And I just want to explain, because I know a lot of you guys like my hair. I get compliments on it all the time. And and today, though, in the last couple of days, the, this weather in Tennessee has been so humid. <laughs> my hair has been like literally this big, you know, <laughs> and it's too long and I need to get it cut. So I thought, you know, I had to tame it just a little bit. So I'm going to flatten it just a little bit and kind of smooth it out so it doesn't look like it's, you know, all over the place. Hey, Barb. Okay. Barb's over on, um, on YouTube. So, so yeah, don't worry. My hair will go back to my normal fluffy curlier self later, but, but tonight I just had to tame it a little because it was driving me crazy and there so now you know <laughs> all right and of course bareface my husband of almost 27 years coming up this coming thursday welcome to the show my love thank you bareface it's not his real name but no it's not not yet but we could get changed yeah just because we can doesn't mean we should bareface harp yeah, that's what I think. Bareface, Pandal, Randall Pandal Bareface. That's what we should do. Mm. Randall Pandal Bear, Kevin Face. No, Randall Pandal Bear, Kevin Harp. We can talk about it. We can? Okay, how many people think that we should change Randall's name to Randall Pandal Bear? Mm-hmm. Put a one. You think that we should change it legally? Change his birth certificate. You know. Just let us know. Weigh in. Hot topic of the day. Just saying. Okay, all right. So and so far, nobody has voted. I am There's so, a delay. I am crushed by this. Yeah, I know. There's like a 20, 30 second delay. <laughs> I timed it once. I'm like, all right, how long is it going to take people to hear this? And right about now. I think you already have. Who cares what the legal people say? <laughs> see, there you go. See, was that perfect timing or what? Hey, Mia. Nice to see you in there. All right. So, all right. So I want to thank my friend Denise for uh, bringing up this chapter of the Bible today. We're going to look at it. This is in Matthew chapter 10. And we're going to look at verses 16 through uh, 23 as a frame for our discussion today, if you don't mind. Okay, so here's what it says. This is, this is God's word. It says, behold, and this is Jesus saying this, so we should pay attention. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. But beware of men, for they will hand you over to the courts and scourge you in their synagogues, and you will even be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they hand you over, do not worry about how or what you are to say, for it will be given to you in that hour what you are to say. For it is not 
you who speak, but it is the spirit of your father who speaks in you. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child, and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all because of my name, but it is the one who has endured to the end who will be saved. But whenever they persecute you in one city, flee to the next. For truly I say to you, you will not finish going through the cities of Israel until the Son of Man comes. So that must have been the 1995 edition. I don't know. I have no clue. People. NASB, right? Yep. Which I put up the 1977 edition, which is which you typically read. So. Oh, well, I'm. I usually use a different way. I use usually Bible.cc. This time I use Blue Letter Bible. My bad. Oh, I just. Okay. All right. Well, so here's here's the thing. You know, obviously in the context, remember Matthew, um, the Gospel of Matthew, and of course then you know the context. Christ is talking to his disciples. Before this, if you go, if you go up to um, the top of the chapter, um, the Lord is giving instruction to his disciples about how they are to serve, right? And, and I mean, just think about this for a second. I mean, try to put yourself in their shoes. Let's say somebody all of a sudden came on the scene and you believed he was actually the Messiah you're waiting for. You started to follow the guy who's doing miracles and stuff and healing people and multiplying food miraculously and and teaching you stuff and opening your eyes to the old testament scriptures that you were reading and you're like wow wow you know this guy he's teaching and speaking with authority i just can't stop listening to him i believe this is my thought but i really believe that christ was very charismatic and I, I mean that in the actual sense in which the word, you know, originates. I, I believe that people were magnetically drawn to him because he had that charismatic personality, even though in Isaiah, it says that he was a man who was, you know, basically lowly and he didn't have an appearance that men would be attracted to him. But I don't know about you. It isn't always the appearance of somebody that attracts me to somebody. Often it's the confidence of that person or the the character of people that attract me to somebody in fact i can honestly say personally that it generally for me it is the character and the personality of somebody as opposed to their looks looks are very deceiving i mean some people can be the most beautiful package on the outside and the most ugly people on the inside you know and then sometimes you have people who look quote ugly unquote and they're the most beautiful people um, that you could ever meet. And, you know, case in point, Susan Boyle, when she was on American Idol many years ago, you know, here she comes out, quote, frumpy is what they called her. And she had curly hair. And I don't know what it is about people with curly hair that get attacked. You know, their looks are often attacked because they're, they're kind of stereotypically labeled nuts and crazy. Well, she comes out crumpy or, or frumpy with her little short curly hair and she's kind of overweight you know and people were kind of snickering at her and kind of judging her because of how she looked but then she opened her voice and she sang and the world in that room got quiet as a pin drop you could hear a pin drop and then she belted out her her song and the next thing you know everybody's standing and giving her a wild applause because they didn't know what a jewel she was 
and the magic, the magic of her voice, right? So I think that Jesus, even though he might not have been like a good looking man in the sense that, you know, like say, uh, um, I don't know, uh, trying to think of somebody handsome, like Randall, you know, not as handsome as Bareface. <laughs> you know, I think he had that loving magnetic points to Stacy personality <laughs> and people were attracted to him so here he is you know he's not only calling the disciples he's telling them you know what's going to happen to them and and i mean you got you got to think about it okay so here they are they found their one true messiah right the one true god they believe here is israel the lord is one god right you know here is the lord incarnate god in flesh god walking around hanging out you know and then all of a sudden he gives these instructions. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. I don't know about you, but that would have got my attention, especially since I would have known a whole bunch of sheep herders during that time. And I would have been thinking about King David, who was a shepherd of sheep before he was king. Um, and you are to be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. And then, of course, I'd be thinking about snakes and I'd be thinking about birds. And although I don't agree that doves are very innocent because I watch morning doves every day at my window beating each other up for begging for the food. <laughs> I, I, uh, maybe, maybe they were more innocent in biblical days. I don't know. But anyway, but beware of men for they will hand you over in the courts and scourge you in the synagogues. Now, think about that a minute. Okay? Man is going to hand these Jews over where? To the courts, number one. So it's going to become legal issue. And two, they're going to get scourged in the synagogue. Now, I don't know about you, but I have never thought about abuse going on like scourging in the church, if you know what I'm saying. Um, I would be like... I'm not really sure I really am going to, did I really sign up for this? Because that's kind of intense. And then he goes on to say, and you will even be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them, to the Gentiles, which again is very powerful when you think about the whole Jews and Gentiles thing there and, and how this scourging and these things are going to happen and they're going to be brought before these big leaders who control populations and stuff um, as a testimony to who? To those governors, to those rulers, um, and to the Gentiles. And then he says this, but you know what? Hey, when they hand you over, don't worry. Don't worry about how or what you're going to say. Because uh, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'd be like, really? You're going to tell me? Okay. For it's not you who speaks, but it's the spirit of your father who speaks in you. So, of course, he's referring to the Holy Spirit there. And then he goes on and he gives like a major relationship discussion topic. Oh, and by the way, just in case you didn't know, brother will betray brother to death. And fathers, his children, and children are going to rise up against their parents and they're going to cause them to be put to death. Again, if you really stop and you think about that, that is pretty stinking intense. Because then I would be wondering, okay, like who, 
Like, you know, who is, who's going to betray me, right? What family, you know, is the Jones family down the street, is that son going to turn over his father or, or is the father going to turn over the kid? Or, I mean, like, who's going to die? You know, this, this isn't pretty. This isn't Joel Osteen, live your best life now. This isn't the purpose-driven life by Rick Warren. This isn't even, you know, whatever by other other people. But it's it's like, wow. And then he says, you will be hated by all because of me, because of my name. But it is the one who has endured to the end who will be saved. And we kind of talked about this last week. In Revelation chapter 2, the church of Smyrna um, ends, you know, Christ commended that church. It was the suffering church. And he, he commended that church and actually said, if you endure to the end, you will be saved and you won't, you will not, you will not have the second death. And so, um, <clears throat> this, but then he goes on to say in verse 23, but whenever they persecute you, not like, you know, if they persecute you, but whenever they do, cause it's going to come here, uh, Whenever they persecute you in one city, flee to the next. Okay? Think about that. Because it's like, okay, so they're going to persecute me here. And the Lord is not saying, like, some stupid people who, and I, and I mean that literally when I say this, there's a lot of idiots out there who will tell you theologically, you should just turn the other cheek, which actually means you should let somebody beat the crap out of you, and you should, you should submit to the suffering and just take it. That's BS, just so you know. The Lord here says, hey, whenever they persecute you in one city, get the heck out of there, run to the next. And we have actually seen this in our modern culture because, you know, like in Israel, as an example, when Jerusalem was, uh, you know, the, the Christians were being pushed out of Bethlehem and, and all that in the not too distant past, you know, that's exactly what they've done. And believers all over the world have fled to America because they've been persecuted. But anyway, so then he says, for truly, I say to you, you will not finish going through the cities of Israel until the son of man comes. And so this is powerful because those instructions were given to those disciples to then but today, if you are a follower of Christ, then you are also his disciple. Hopefully, you're not just kind of a Christian in name only, but you're actually a disciple. And you know what? These same things apply to us. God is going to, uh, he, and I believe right now he's doing that. He is, he's weaning out his church. He's, he is separating the wheat from the chaff and he is giving us an opportunity in America and Canada and all over the world to decide what we're going to do with who we are in him. If we're going to commit to him and his lordship, or if we're going to commit to the gay agenda or Islam or coexisting or political correctness or what the media tells us that we can and cannot say, um, if we're going to self-edit our speech and we're going to quench what we believe because we're, we're afraid of losing our job or we're afraid of going to jail. In fact, about a year ago on Facebook, I posed the question. It was actually about a year ago because I got my reminder, you know, it reminds you of what you did. Um, one of the questions of the day I asked was, would you go to jail for your beliefs? And it was kind of funny reading the answers a year later to see who said yes and who said, I'm not sure. So it depends. Hmm. Yeah, it does. <laughs> sure it does. I don't know. I mean, I, I would if 
if it came to me having to end up in jail or deny Christ in some way, shape, or form, I go to jail. Would I like it? Probably not. But would I go? Probably. I mean, it's the whole reason I get I didn't get licensed as a therapist. All you guys know that because I wasn't going to bow to the government. I gave up my career because I was not going to bow to the government and say that homosexuals, lesbians, transgenders, confused, sexually oriented people can't get help and can't be changed by God. Just not. I wasn't going to do it. And um, and it was it was hard. <laughs> I hate it. I hate the fact that I did it. But I'm glad I did it because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't deny the Lord and what he can do. And I didn't deny my own conscience and I have to live with myself. So, and Jeff is there too. Hi, Jeff. So, so the question, you know, is, you know, where do you stand and will you stand? And as we read these stories, may they be a warning to you that you could become part of these stories at some point if you're somebody who is going to be um, active you know talking about your faith you know a lot of people are silent though they won't say anything so the question is will you if somebody's going to ask you a question to clarify yourself on your belief what are you going to say I don't know you're going to stand up for yourself you're going to stand up for God well, I mean what are you going to do so bareface I would like for you to comment while I look at some comments that came in Okay, let's see here. Okay. A couple of funny jokes. Here, well, there's some debate whether that's referring okay. to the immediate future or a time to come. Right. But indeed, in, in the context, he sent them out... Uh, two by two into the, into the cities... As he was making his final, you know, way toward uh, Jerusalem, toward Jerusalem, and preparing stops along the way, and he said, "Go there and and go into house, and they receive you. You know, stay there. You know, give as such they give you. You know, if that town rejects you, shake the dust off your feet." Basically, they were making a little, you know, camps along the way, coming from the Galilee region, coming into Jerusalem for the final time. Right. And it, but he also sent them out as missionaries there in the Holy Land, and and indeed, yep. in in the immediate wake of his death and resurrection, there was serious persecution that ensued, and and they did had to flee, and they did. Uh, appear before governors and things like that and uh, you know as the gospel spread persecution well as the persecution spread the gospel spread as well but in fact they didn't finish going through the cities of of Israel right um, and well, to me depending on how you look is at the Greek you know you won't finish going through all the cities of Israel until the son of man comes I'm I'm no Greek scholar, but that could be taken as now they, you won't get to finish, or you will finish when the Son of Man comes. So, anyway, but yeah, it, uh, the what's in the past is 
is certainly uh, characteristic of the present. Uh, Yeshua the Messiah, Jesus the Christ, is, is no less offensive <laughs> teaching, you know, being uh, his Jesus disciple. Jesus offensive to people? Nah. It's just stone is stumbling in a rock of offense. Uh, yeah. You know, being his disciple is no, is no, really no more popular today than it was. I mean, we have, here in the Western world, have enjoyed a long season of Christian influence. I would not say Christianity per se, but Christian influence. Well, I think, well, no, I would disagree. What would you disagree? Well, I would, I would say that our founding was, I mean, the Puritans, they, yeah, they did pretty good. Yeah. But then, you know, the, the framers of the constitution, like, you know, a mixed bag of deists and devout Christians. And there was definitely a Christian influence there and a Judeo-Christian influence that we have benefited from a, a great deal uh, in, in Western Europe as well as, you know, the, I was going to say the Americas, but right. generally North America, um, Central and South America, not so much. Roman Catholicism made a impact there, but... I wouldn't say, you know, biblical Christianity so much. Right. But, yeah, so my commentary is, while, you know, in the immediate context, that, that was for them, but the character, of, the character of Christ has not changed, the character of his church has not changed, and the character of the enemies of God has not changed. Nope. And so, we can, we can, and... We can and do expect uh, similar circumstances today. And if you're living outside of the Western world, you know, the whole idea of, you know, family members delivering up others to death and the like, that's, that's not uncommon. Um, you know, mm -hmm. tr try in a predominantly Muslim country where, and, you know, turn and become a believer and you know see what happens even with your own family members yep and i actually know a number of people that have lost their faith uh or not lost their faith lost their family because right. of their faith in fact dr arnold fruchtenbaum who is a the founder of ariel ministries who sponsors our show which by the way um we we love that and appreciate it and by the way you can always watch our ticker down there below in fact, um, Ariel Ministries has given, right now. has given us a um, coupon code titled <laughs> Bible News. There it goes, right there. Um, you can save 20% when you use the coupon code Bible News. I know most of the regular viewers know this, but hey, if, if you have not uh, done that yet, you know, let Ariel know because they are sponsoring us at least for the rest of the year and... Uh, again, you some, get some great stuff, but Arnold, if you read his biography, uh, or autobiography, I forgot which one it is. Auto, is that the one that you write it yourself? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, if you read the book about his life, I'm not sure if he wrote it or somebody else did. Um, he, you know, he did lose a lot of his family, you know, and was disowned because he became a Jew that accepted the Yeshua as his Messiah. And of course he lost, you know his family because they didn't believe that right i mean 
and that's sad and yet at the same time it's biblical it's part of prophecy and it's part of the cost of uh you know of that so don't forget to support ariel also if um if you want to be on my text message list, you can text Bible News to 33222, which is down there in the ticker. If you just keep watching that, all you got to do is text that. Also, I've started a, a Monday through Thursday uh, coaching call, basically is what it is. It's called Team Unstuck. And this has been so fun for me. In fact, if you want to have contact with me with every day, every day <laughs> then I would go, what is your problem? No, I'm just kidding. That was a joke, people. But seriously, if you if you uh, want to be on team on the team unstuck call, all I gotta do is text team unstuck to three three two two two. That's team unstuck. Team unstuck. Ooh. I I don't know what happened there. <laughs> That's funny. You can't, can't see it. No. No, they can't see it. There you go. And and text is has, yeah, yeah. has one T. Yes, there you I go. <laughs> Well aware. So text Team Unstuck to 33222, not four twos. There's only three twos. Yeah. You got stuck or something. I don't know. Anyway, team text Team Unstuck to 33222. If you uh, do that, then you'll be on my call. This is at 6 p.m. Central Time, um, and it goes for a half hour. And here's the structure. You know, Gina, you're not on my list. you got to get yourself on the list. I, I was wondering, how come you're not on there? It's because you're not actually on the list yet. you got to text Team Unstuck to that, and then you'll be on the list. Um, so here's the structure of the call. Um, it's a non-judgmental call, but it's a very directive call, and it has a very specific purpose, okay? So the way this call works is uh, every day I have a question of the day. You guys all check in with your name, your city, and your background. So like for me, it would be Stacy from Spring Hill, Tennessee, uh, host of Bible News Radio. That's what I would do. I know, you're not on it, but <laughs> text, keep unstuck. Anyway, so we do that. I have a question of the day. I will pose the question of the day, and we'll do a quote. We have a quote master who's bringing in a quote every day. And then the first 15 minutes of the call, we actually review the assignments from the day before, or the weekend before, like on Monday. Um, those are assignments that I give at the end of the call that are designed to help you move forward and not be stuck, right? To get you unstuck. So we review those comments and then midway through the call, we talk about the question of the day for about 15 minutes. Everybody shares, you know, their thoughts on the question of the day. I give assignments and then that's it. The call is over with. And you know what's amazing about it? I have to tell you this. Um, what's amazing about it is you would be amazed how much you can pack into a half hour with six or seven or eight or 40 people on a phone call. Um, it is amazing because I'm on a call every morning myself with my legal shield team. And, um, if you do it, you will get help. And you know what? This is free. You guys, I'm not charging for my time. And that is two hours out of my week that I'm giving people who are on this call. So if I were you and you want to move forward and you want to be in a place where you can actually be challenged to move forward, then join the call. And I have to tell you, like, just as an example, one of the things this week we talked about was procrastination. That was one of my topics. My, qu my question was, do you procrastinate? And then, um, you know, one of the things that came out of that call was, first of all, everybody does. And second of all, like, just as an example, 
a number of people shared that they have a real struggle with throwing away mail. Well, I don't know about you, but it's hard to be organized all the time. And sometimes mail is overwhelming, right? So what do you do when you, you get a stack of mail like this every day? And it's like, what do you do with it? Well, I shared what I do. I have a big bag. And rather than, you know, go out back in my backyard and throw out all my trash, you know, my junk mail in the backyard, I have it in my kitchen area on a counter. And when I check my mail, I go right to that bag. I go through my mail. I rip stuff up. I either shred it. If it's, you know, just stupid junk mail, then I throw it in that bag. When that bag gets filled, I throw it out. Or Randall does. One of us does. Um, so that it's not stacked up all over the place. Um, anyway, and so there was, there was some good tips that we all gave. And um, if you want some lifestyle, mental health, <laughs> whatever tips, um, then that's the structure of the call. Nobody dominates the call. Um, that's not allowed and it's only encouraging and we celebrate one another on the call. So if you want to grow, uh, then, you know, go ahead and join Team Unstuck, the coaching call. All right, it's free. Also, if you want to donate to our show because you appreciate it, you can become a pillar of the community and go over to our website, biblenewsradio.com forward slash give. And you can also donate to the show. And then last but not least, Legal Shield is another option, another way you can support the show. In fact, this week, uh, yeah, this week, well, this month, um, Legal Shield is has an incentive for us who are selling the program. And, you know, this is something I want to share because it's really near and dear to my heart. One of the things that they're giving us the opportunity to do is to... Um, win a gift card for a charity of our choice. Um, I'm not a nonprofit, so I can't give it to Bible News Radio, otherwise I would. But the charity of choice that I have chosen is a, a Camp Horizon, which is a camp for children with cancer and their siblings. And I love this because not only does, does the child with cancer get a break from being in the hospital getting his treatments, and he gets to go to camp and have fun at this camp, but then the following week, they have camp for those siblings of the of the, the of the kids with cancer, and I love that because when I was a therapist, I counseled children who had siblings that were sick and they had cancer and stuff, and those kids are often overlooked. So that's why I not only sponsored this uh, tournament thing that's coming up, but I would love to be able to be able to get into that contest to to hopefully win a gift card for that. So here's a couple of ways we can do that. If you want to set up a one-on-one -on -one with me to talk to me about Legal Shield, and I can give you info. That will count towards me getting uh, in to be able to give, you know, to that. Or if you want to purchase the membership or ID Shield, then touch, get in touch with me, and I can tell you how to do that. And that will actually help put me in a position where I can also win part of that as incentive as well. So consider it. Uh, we got till the end of the month, but the earlier in the month, the better. <laughs> So just keep that in mind, okay? All right, Randall, which story do you think we should do next? The, well, the, the title the, story, The title of story? Okay. I think, are you guys having connection problems? Because it looks like over on YouTube we're having some connection issues. And I don't know if anybody's on Twitch. Tom, Tom is over on Twitch. Hello, Tom. I don't know if you're still there. But if you are, hi. Okay, so we're going to get to this camp, uh, death camps thing. Uh, do you want to play the video? Yes. Okay. Is Donald Trump part of that video? 
Uh, apparently so. Okay. Well, I guess that would make sense. Okay, so this is an article titled uh, Death Camps for Trump Supporters Now Poster Spark Outrage. And how do you say the name of that? Patchog. And Patchog. So I guess we're going to watch this. I guess, what, I guess that's what Randall decided to do. All right, so watch this video. What happened to the volume here? How's that story? They're definitely shocking. I don't like it. And to some folks here in Patchogue, they're disturbing and inappropriate. Definitely crosses the line. But to others, these anti-Trump supporter posters are simply an expression of free speech. I've been a Republican committeeman since Ronald Reagan was president. But that's protected speech. Here's what they're all talking about. Posters depicting a skeleton wearing a suit and a red tie. The words, quote, death camps for Trump supporters now appears in red writing. We didn't find anyone who actually saw the posters hanging on lampposts, utility poles, or meters here in downtown. Turns out these posters were supposed to be part of a marketing promo for an upcoming show that's not even finished yet. The theater group behind it, Shock Theater, says they use an interactive horror experience to address social concerns. I spoke with a member of the group by phone. He told me the group did post the flyers and did take pictures of them, but claims that happened a month ago. He says the pictures were sent around in a private group message. He says a now former member of the theater group leaked the photos. These flyers were for a concept show. That is a sequel to a show we did last year called We the People. It's a concept. We had to, we, you know, we were planning on filming people's reactions to those flyers and using them for a promotion for the show. No matter what the reason, though, Patchogue Village Mayor Paul Pontieri says... It's so beyond whatever your beliefs are. And when you, when you begin to get into things like that, all you're doing is, is creating more angst and anger on both sides. Now, Suffolk police do confirm that they did get reports of two of the same anti-Trump supporter flyers that were left on vehicles in Patchogue Village last month. Stone? Uh. Hmm. Well, that's very interesting, people. Interesting marketing ploy, you know? Now, I, I just bring this up because, well, first of all, did you hear about this on your evening news? Was it splashed all over the Drudge Report or... The Advocate or PBS, probably not. Or CNN, the Communist News Network, no, probably not. But let me ask you something, people. If that had said death camps for homosexual people, do you think it would have been? Hmm. Or if that had said death camps for Islamic people, do you think that would have been? Or, I, I can't say Jews because the Jews have been persecuted and yes, they have gone to the death camps. Um, so just, just curious, bareface, you want to weigh in on this outrage? Well, no surprises from shock theater, you know, and they were, you know, as they explain, they put these posters up and as, and as the, the news crew reported, they couldn't talk to someone who'd actually seen them. So it seems like they just put them up for, you know, maybe a few hours and, and they were going to film reactions from people and then you know use that as a promo for the whatever the show was going to be um but you know shock theater i don't know i can't imagine what the the play was going to be but you know to put that out there 
is, I think, irresponsible. And, yeah, even if they'd use it as, um, if everything has gone, everything had gone according to plan. I can speak, really, I can. And they... Really, you can, I know. Yes, they recorded, you know, they filmed this and then used it as a promo. And the promo started appearing up, started appearing across social media. You know, still, I think it would have been, gotten some reaction. Um, I mean, they may be, you know, it may be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, No idea. I wouldn't quite say parody, but... Parody? How is murdering drunk, you know, how is is that parody? But, you know, they are, you know, they are sort of um, poking at culture because there are those, uh, you know, rabid kind of, you know, if you voted for Trump, I can no longer be your friend kind of people. Right. And... And um, you ab- you advocate for the murder of innocent people and and cute puppies and seals and all that if you voted for Trump. You know, there's that there's that sort of rhetoric. So, I mean, okay. So you know, it does kind of, in a way, I wouldn't say really poke fun, but um, I don't think it pokes fun. Um, um, I think it's kind of sick. Yeah, actually, it's, yeah, it's, it's 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 irresponsible. It's it's one thing to exaggerate. I mean, most humor really is based on some form of exaggeration. What do you guys think on YouTube? What do you guys think on Periscope about this? Do you think this is appropriate? Like, if it is said death camps for gay people, yeah, I mean the. And some people would argue that's already happened, but right, I has not really. I mean, yeah, I'm not sure what's up with uh, something with YouTube. Yeah, the stream health is apparently good, but okay, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting, Randall, is, okay, so I don't know if you saw this earlier. I didn't, I didn't give you um, this story, but it, it ran earlier on, on um, the Drudge Report. You know, we just had these, these um, oh, hi, for, hi, Forrest. We just had these horrific shootings, right, at Walmart. Um, and I would say there was a guy. Did you see this? You probably didn't see it. But so apparently this, this young man Dressed up in military garb. In Springfield, Missouri. Is that where it was? Yeah. Yeah, he brought in a... He was armed with 100 rounds of ammo. Right. And he walked into a Walmart. Yep. And he was going to film the reaction of what happened anyway. Long story short... The the plane. The cop... Well, there was an off-duty fireman. person. That's right. They came in... Who was armed. Okay, so apparently you saw the story. Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. So... Let's just say, and I don't know because I haven't followed it since the kid was arrested. I say quit kid because I'm no. old. Um, but let's just say that kid says, oh, I just want to see, get the reaction. So, you yeah. know, why can't we all just dress up with military mm. ammo and, 
you know, a, a military assault rifle and walk into Walmart just to, and a video camera just to get reaction of how people are going to react to it, especially after two places were just recently shot down. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. It, it's. I'm going to look up the scripture. That's one off screen. Okay. Meanwhile, Denise says, when you have Congress folks calling for attacks on Trump and those who voted for him, what do you expect from the population? Good point. Yep. I mean, the, the sick leadership on the left, that's basically what they do. And of course, you got enemies in our government, which they wouldn't, they would not. They would deny that. They'd be like, no, I love America. No, but I'm really a citizen of Somalia. Yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> does, it, does it drive you guys crazy? See, this is why I cannot watch. Actually, I will tell you. So earlier this week, I went to visit my dad. Just a side note here. So I went to visit my dad, as you guys, who's 91 and, you know, all that. So I go visit my dad. He's sitting there all by himself in the assisted living. He's watching Fox News. And guess who's on Fox News? Uh, that guy, Shepard, Shepard Smith, who is a homosexual, by the way. And uh, Joe Biden, the former vice president, was speaking. He was doing a rally. Yeah, he was. He's talking about how evil Donald Trump is and you should join him because Donald Trump is immoral. He's a sicko, you know, pretty much all this stuff. Right. And I'm sitting there. My dad, he's just like, he's sitting back there kind of like watching. And I'm like, are you listening to this guy? He's like, huh? I'm like, I said, are you listening? Yeah, I know. I'm like, dad, don't you realize what a butthead this guy is? <laughs> And, and, and then this, this is what really got me. So then, uh, homosexual Shep, he gets on the screen, right? And he starts talking about morality, right? And I turn to my dad and I'm like, this is exactly why I don't watch this stuff. Cause my blood pressure goes up. I just want to smack somebody cause the, the moral hypocrisy of a homosexual who's committing sodomy and doing other inappropriate things with a man sexually, he shouldn't be doing condemning the president for caring about, you know, people or whatever. And, and Joe Biden acting as if he gives a crap and I'm like, what the heck? So uh, what did it have? It had, um, I forgot what it was, but Joe Biden had something like text unity or something like that to his number. So I, so I was like, okay, I'm going to text it. So I texted it and boom, Kim comes back. Thank you for joining Joe Biden's team. And I'm like, what? I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> I'm not, but I thought it was funny because it was like text united. And I'm like, really? You guys are trying to, <laughs> you're, you're, United with who? The devil? <laughs> yeah, and here's where we want to bring in some scripture. Okay. You know, just to, to show that I'm not. It's like I'm not totally um, you know, talking about uh, what I was saying. You know, from a worldly standpoint, from a sort of non-believer's point of view, it's like you know I can see sort of poking at the culture by exaggerating things, but such as not suitable for the Christian. Um, Proverbs 26. Um, <laughs> well, let's pick it up in 17. I've got it at the top of the screen here. Okay. He that passeth by and meddleth with strife belonging not to him is like one that taketh a dog by the ears. I mean, if... And, um, 
<clears throat> Jesse Jackson, um, <laughs> yeah, Al Sharpton, like you know, just go up and stir up contention and and no. and, and get in, you know, a strife that doesn't belong to them. Anyway, they would never do that. Anyway, and there there are others, but eighteen. As a madman who casts firebrands, arrows, and death, so is a man that deceives his neighbor and says, "Am I not in sport?" Or I was only kidding. You know, just hey, it's in good fun. Right. And where there is no wood, there the fire goes out. So where there is no tailbearer, the strife ceases. As coals are to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. And so, you know, with with the whole, you know, both sides of the aisle on, um, when it, you know, in the whole Trump situation... Where there's, you know, I can I can no longer be your friend because you voted for Trump. Um, or, you know, or, you know, make America great again and, and you know, build the wall now. Um, for someone to come in and just come with the post, oh, we're going to do this play on, you know, death cans for Trump supporters now. That's not going to, you know, there's already, there are already burning coals. There's already a fire. But, you know, as coals to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. There's already a fire, that there's already strife, and to kindle that with something irresponsible is that, that he knows is going to, you know, or that they know, it's, it's irresponsible. Certainly unbiblical, but I don't expect unbiblical people to live by biblical principles. I don't expect unbelievers to live like believers. Yeah. So I'm, for the believer, I'd say unbiblical, you know, um, very ungodly. But for the unbeliever, I will say irresponsible. Yes. Yeah, so Jamie. Legal, yes. Responsible, no. Jay Mitch on uh, Periscope says, last day's right is considered wrong. And hi, Jackie and Don and whoever else came in. I can't see you. But but yeah, Isaiah 520. Good is called evil. Evil is called good. Bitter is called sweet. Sweet is called bitter. Um, stupid is called wise. Wise is called stupid. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is, yeah. All right. Well, let's 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 move on to another story. Let's do the the um let's do the six hundred. Uh, let's see where is it? Yeah, nearly six hundred Alabama United Methodists sign apology letter to the gay community. Now you know this this article goes. Oh oh. And by the way, before I I go on, this kind of ties into something else I want to say about my dad. So I was there at his assisted living. My sweet dad, you know, he's sitting there, and I did not know it, but right about the time I showed up, there was a church service on Wednesday. On Wednesday, these uh, a female pastor comes in from a Lutheran church locally, and she and another lady lead this little church service for the assisted living. So I thought, hmm, this should be interesting. So I stayed there for it. It was a half hour. So they did some songs. That was fine. And then the pastor, the girl pastor got up and, and, um, yeah, of course I heard Lutheran church. And my first thought was, 
Is this like a pro-gay yeah, Lutheran ECLA church or, or is, is this the... whatever? From the looks of one of the women, she looked like a lesbian. Yes, and I am stereotyping. I'm sorry, but she did. She had very, very butch hair and she looked gay and just saying. Um, but anyway, she mentioned her husband, so it turned out she wasn't. But I don't know. Anyway, point is, this woman gets up. She starts yapping about... Um, the creeds and the Apostle Creed and the Nicene Creed. And she decides to give the history of how these two creeds came about. And she, and she, and I, <laughs> and I don't know about you guys, but I'm sitting there as a daughter of a 91 year old. And I'm thinking, what the hell do they care about this crap for? <laughs> I'm just being honest. I'm thinking, I don't know if I was going to go into an assisted living and share the gospel with people I may want to be talking about the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, and some verses on mercy and comfort and affliction, not the history of the Nicene Creed or the Apostles' Creed. But I was like, okay, whatever. I'm just sitting there and I'm like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to this pastor woman and I'm going to do my best to keep my mouth shut. Meanwhile, though, there's one of the elderly ladies sitting behind me. This is so funny. I won't say her name. I'll call her... Judy. Let's just say her name's Judy. So Judy was sitting behind me and um, this woman, the pastor, she decides that she's going to talk about love and tolerance. And so I'm like, Lord, help me hold my tongue here, you know, because this, bless her heart, she's coming to minister to these old people. And so she brings in this topic. Did I, even, I don't even think I told you this, Randall, did I? So, you may have. I don't know if you haven't said it yet. Well, anyway, so she brings in this topic, and she's talking about if you were going to write the Nicene Creed. Yeah, or what, your own creed. And you were going to talk about what who Jesus was and all this other stuff, what would you want in it? And so I raised my hand, and I said, well, the essentials of the faith, you know, death, burial, and the resurrection, the virgin birth, second coming, you know, blah, 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 blah. So this pastor woman, she's like, well, I think that, you know, we should bring in, um, I don't think that's what Jesus would have wanted in it. In fact, um, those are two theological terms. And I think, I think he would want stuff like, you know, us to, to mention not marginalizing, you know, marginalized groups like, like the poor. And I, and I literally was sitting there. I was thinking, if you bring, if you dare, <laughs> bring up the gay community right now in this assisted living, I will complain and your butt will like be in big trouble because, because, you know, I, I was this close. Well, meanwhile, Judy sent behind me and you got to love her. If you guys knew this lady, Hey, elderly people are some very smart people. You can learn a lot from these people. And this woman, this, this lady, she's all there. Number one, she doesn't have dementia. She's all there smart as a whip, brilliant, I mean, a brilliant scholar, this woman. I'm, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, uh, so this woman's going on and on about, about you know, the marginalized and, and how Jesus would say this and that and blah, blah, blah. And it took everything in me not to say, can you open up the Bible and actually read the Bible? I mean, you're a pastor here teaching the elderly people with dementia about this stuff they don't need to know about, but whatever. So Judy, she speaks up and she goes, you know what? I completely disagree with you. <laughs> and I was like, yes, yes. 
And so this pastor's like, well, why do you disagree with blah, 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 blah? Um, oh, that's what it was. Okay, yeah. Okay, I'm remembering it now. Okay, so the pastor was saying, if somebody uh, goes to jail, right, and then they serve their time, and then they get out, and they're convicts or whatever, they're not allowed to vote. And she's like mad about that. Well, you know, people who have done their time and everything, they should be, they should be able to vote once they get out. Okay. Now, I don't know, honestly, what the rule is I don't here. think that's true. But... Okay, but this, this, this is the conversation. I don't know if that's actually the law here in Tennessee or not. I have no clue. But this is what this pastor was saying, this woman pastor from this Lutheran church. She was saying, I don't think it's fair that these convicts get out, they serve their time, and then they can't vote. And I'm sitting there thinking, really? Because I have, to my knowledge, that I don't even think that that's an issue, but what do I know? Well, meanwhile... Judy, who's sitting behind me, she goes, I don't agree with you. And I'm like, yes. Hi, Beth. And um, <laughs> I turn to her. I turn around and look at her. And she's like, I think that if that's the way it's set up, you know, if they're going to violate and blah, blah, our country, then felons can't vote. Okay, so you're saying felons can't vote. Okay, that's what she was saying. She was well, saying, while incarcerated, they cannot. Right, but she was saying that they can't vote after they get out either i don't know i've never been a felon so it's never affected me personally but judy the assisted living person the the lady that lives in the assisted living she goes ahead and she's like you know what you are absolutely wrong and i mean she just let let this woman have it <laughs> And I, uh, anyway, after that, I was just kind of sitting there. She's like, and now let's move on to communion. And I'm like, yeah, shall we, shall we actually move on to communion? Cause you're here to minister to these elderly people. And so, you know, they, they get up and they have the wafer and she walks over to me and she says, Stacy, this is the body of Christ given for you. And here's the blood, you know, and, it, and I was fine with that. I didn't have a problem with that. But I thought, what a bunch of baloney that even in assisted living, you got liberal female pastors going in there espousing BS to these old people who give a who give a crap about it. So why don't I bring all that up? Because this article, <laughs> and, and actually, I I will say that as a, as a as a result of um watching this pastor and this other lady come and minister to these, I thought to myself, you know what? I should just volunteer to do a Bible study on my own. And that way I, then I can go in there because I'm there enough anyway. And I could say, hey, everybody, you know, let's look at, you know, the comfort chapter. You know, I know you guys just lost a friend. You know, let's let's talk about how Jesus comforts you. I mean, you know, stuff that's that the elderly people would probably be more comforted by. Man, anyway, am I am I wrong for feeling this way? <laughs> I, just, I, I don't know. Anyway, <sighs> all that to say, you just can't escape this people. They're everywhere. They even have Jehovah's Witnesses come in and minister to the elderly people in this assisted living. And I'm like, okay, that is where I draw the line. You not have cult members come in and minister to the elderly people. But anyway, back here. Okay. Fact check on the National Conference of State Legislatures. Okay. And felon voting rights. Yes. In Tennessee, mm -hmm. uh, convicted felon uh, loses 
uh, voting rights until completion of sentence. Okay, so once they're out, they can vote. Yeah. Okay. And some states lose they lose their voting rights uh, during parole or probation. Okay. But then they're restored after that. Of course, Maine and Vermont, you never lose your right to vote even while you're in prison. And in California, you never lose the right to vote more than once using other people's names without a license. Mm. <laughs> so hey, I can say that because I, I know it's true. It used to be forever. Yeah. Well, anyway, the point is that, that Judy, the resident, she just was like disagreeing with this late. But anyway. But anyway, so I bring this up because... This other article came up titled, Nearly 600 Alabama United Methodists Sign Apology Letter to Gay Community. So let's, let's read this article, shall we? This is by Drew, Drew Taylor. It was published yesterday on the August 8th. Uh, it says here, Hundreds of United Methodists from across Alabama disagree with the denomination's stance against same-sex marriage or gay deacons. On Thursday, approximately 558, that's an approximation, huh? Are you sure they didn't count them? I mean, it's kind of an odd. I thought Approximation. I, I, thought, I thought 600 was an approximation. <laughs> I don't know, it's approximately 558, maybe, no, I don't know. United Methodists signed an open letter to the LGBTQ community apologizing for the denomination's failure to change its stance against homosexuality or to lift its long-held ban on same-sex marriage during the denomination's 2019 general conference in St. Louis. Those stances were upheld. So before I even read the rest, let me ask you something. Do you think these teach these these Methodist followers or Methodist people who voted this way like are biblical? Do you think they, don't you think that they would leave the denomination if they didn't care? I mean, why don't, why don't you leave? Go somewhere else. Go leave the denomination if you don't agree with their biblical worldview. Just leave. Instead of trying to write an open letter. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Anyway, just, anyway, it says here in June, there was a movement during the North Alabama Conference of the United Methodist Church's annual conference in Huntsville to issue an apology to the gay community for the 2019 General Conference. But that motion failed as well. The letter was published Thursday on apologyletter.info. For every time that someone in the church has hurt you because of who you are or who you love, we are deeply sorry. We hurt with you, and we are committed to pursuing God's love and justice with you, the letter read. You know, if they really understood God's justice, I don't think that they would actually say that. Eden Johnson, a member of the Birmingham First United Methodist Church, co-wrote the letter with Henry Gibson and said the purpose of the letter was to show both support for the gay community and unity within the church. I'm sorry, how is that possible? Yeah. That doesn't even make sense. Whatever. Anyway. We want to come together for them, and we are heartbroken about this, Johnson said. Recently, the denomination has faced a, quote, financial hangover, unquote. According to the United Methodist News Service, the January to June annual conference apportionment remittances to the seven general church funds were $4.9 million behind the first half of 2018. Some believe the actions during the general conference had something to do with its financial issues. 
there was an initial reaction to St. Louis that just happened dramatically, and I think we ought to name that, said North Texas Conference Bishop Michael McKee, who also serves on board president of the UMC's General Council on Finance and Administration in the UMNS story. The majority of the apology letters signers were members of the Alabama UMC churches, although 10 were from outside the state. Moving forward, Johnson hopes that a trans... Is that approximately 10? Is that approximately 10? No, I'm just wondering. Okay. This was approximately 558. Right. But... Well, <laughs> moving forward... Okay, get back here. Stop it. Okay. Johnson hopes that a transition can take place within the church to be more accepting of other people. I think it... UMC can be more including and more affirming to the LGBTQ community. She said, we are on the side of the vision of Methodism and B and what it means to be a Methodist. Well, I I could have my church history wrong. In the 21st century, you know? But I I believe that the Methodist... Uh, they call themselves Methodists because they uh, pattern themselves on a certain method right. of Bible study. They do. Yeah. That's how they got their name. Yeah. Right. I don't think it has anything to do with political correctness or yeah, I don't social so. justice or anything like that. So. Yeah. Well, you know, but the reason I bring this up is because, again, when we were talking about Matthew 10... You know, about being innocent as doves and wise as sheep or serpents. Wise as serpents, people. And as innocent as doves. <laughs> Going out to the culture, you know. Um, I'm almost speechless, which is hard, you know. You have... People who are purporting to be followers of Christ apologizing to people who are who are anti-Christ. They don't like Jesus's teachings. They actually pervert Jesus's teachings, and they disobey God and His teachings. They devo- they deny the actual natural function of body that God gave them and created them to function in sexually with the opposite gender, and they thereby actually deny the gender often. Um, and they are what the Bible says, you know, they are seared in their consciences. They are darkened in their minds and the baby, the hey, the behavior is an abomination. And so I don't see why somebody who supposedly believes the gospel would be apologizing to the enemies of God. And that's what they are. And I, and I know it is not popular to say that, but too bad you know, it's the truth, right? But see, we're so whitewashed, politically correct society that, you know, we don't actually state what God's word says because, you know, we don't want to offend anybody except God. Well, I don't want to offend the gay community. Well, do you give a crap about offending God? Just saying. Uh, oh, it's okay to offend God and flip him off, right? You know, who gives a crap about what God thinks or feels or, you know, what his word says or how Jesus died on the cross for your sin? Eh, whatever. We're not going to care about that. We'll just care about you and your little feelings. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's, uh, Randall's laughing at me. 
Well, what's to be debated? Jesus never stated what's right. Yes, he did. He did too. Well, he never, he never <laughs> he said totally anything about. He totally stated what's right. He never said anything about homosexuality. You know what? I wish I had an eight hundred number. You guys could call in and weigh in. Because am I the only one that this drives nuts? Because oh. it does. He did state what's right, and that is that God created the male and female. In the beginning, God created a male and female. And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, join his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Um, that's, that's what he stated, Matthew 18, other places. Um, and again, that was about an argument over what, what's, when is divorce allowed? Is it allowed for any reason? And he basically said, hey, back up. You're treating this like it's some cultural invention or some human institution in the beginning god created them male and female and you know designed human sexuality as a representation of christ in the church as a representation of the fullness of god uh, because he created the male and female in his image they make up the full picture of who god is so barb says many of us have loved ones with the problem so it's harder for us Randall has a lesbian sister. Yeah. I struggled who, with the feelings. Who I love. I, had, I struggled with the feelings for years because of the sexual abuse I went through. Uh, I had a, my father adopted uh, a guy named Kenny, who was, I guess, my half-brother or adopted brother, who was in the homosexual lifestyle. He died of AIDS. You know, I have gay friends. I have bisexual friends. You know. Don't love them any less. No. But I don't lie to them either, and I don't affirm that behavior or their their belief. I'll say, "Hey, this is uh, this is not who you are, right? Or or who you." And love. I'm not going to apologize to him. I, as the church, we are not called to apologize to the wicked. Mm. If you can or show the me disobedient, right? If you can show me where Jesus apologized to a sinner. Go ahead. Did if you can, can show, show me anywhere in God's word where you saw a godly leader, the Apostle Paul or Peter or Esther or Abraham or David or anybody, if you can show me anywhere when any Christian leader or Jewish leader in the Bible apologized to anybody with sin, go for it. I'll give you a million bucks. And I can say that boldly because it's not there. But what I can tell you, is, and this is me in my prophetic mode, I guess, is that the prophets of old, they got killed because they upheld God's holiness and his standard of holiness and what he said. People didn't kill it. I mean, the people didn't like it, so they killed him, right? Because the, they love darkness rather than the light. They don't want the truth. And, I mean, that'd be like Satan saying, you know, Jesus, I'm really sorry. I'd be like... Do you really think that's true? Do you think Jesus is like, hey, look at me. You know what? I'm sorry, gay community. Yeah, I am. This is what drives me crazy because people, you know, it's, if you talk about Christianity, especially in the West, 
it's not about Christ at all. It's all about feelings and how people feel. And that's what irks me because you know what? One day, Bible says in Philippians chapter two, one day, every knee is going to bow and every tongue will definitely confess that Jesus is the Lord to the glory of God, the father. And you know what? I don't know about you people, but I would rather bow now when I have that free will and that choice before I get there before his judgment throne and I'm doing it and I'm going to be cast into hell because I didn't bow to him on earth. Just saying. I, um, I, I just, <laughs> so, so can we go to the, the school punishing the kid? Yeah, real quick. You know, okay, there's, yeah. there's a ahead. way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. Right. I mean, just because someone says, oh, you know, this is the way I feel. I've, I could, all, as long as I can remember, I felt this way. It, did, it doesn't matter how right it seems. The way leads to death. I look at the CDC or even it <sighs> doesn't lead to, certainly doesn't lead to life in any way. Um, you know, by reproduction or any other way, it doesn't lead to life. And again, yes, Jesus... Jesus didn't go around condemning people, but he didn't apologize to them either. The woman caught in adultery. Uh, yeah, if she caught in adultery, where was the accomplice? There's there's a big thing there. Right. And what went down, the way it went down, but his final words were what? Neither do I condemn you. Have whatever kind of relationships you want. No, he said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin, sin no, no more. more. Right. So let me ask you something. Just, you know, calling something sin isn't a condemnation. Where are the articles? i just just curious if anybody out there can find me one article where, where the headline is um, Gay Community Apologizes to Biblical Christians for Offending Us and Hurting Our Feelings and Stepping on Our Free Speech, Our Religious Freedom, um, you know, and all that. Are there any articles out there? Where it says LGBTQ, I, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, community, apologize to Bible-believing Christians for pushing their immorality on my sincere religious healthy beliefs, you know, and calling me a bigot and a hater because I disagree with them, uh, telling me I need to find a new hairstylist, um, you know, attacking me because of my looks, calling me a closeted lesbian, um, you know, where, where, is the, where are those articles? I'm just curious because I've been on the receiving end of a, a, like intense hate from the LGBT community for the last 15 years as I've talked about this issue. And never one time have I had a homosexual identified individual apologize to me for their rude, inconsiderate, selfish, bigoted behavior towards me or my religious freedom or my thoughts or my speech or my heritage or my looks for that matter. So don't you think if we're going to coexist, you know, the LGBT community should be like, you know, putting out letters of massive apology to me for offending me? No, of course not. You know, and that's all I'm trying to bring out on this show is, look, there is a huge separation <laughs> and the apostasy is in the church. And so even when, you know, in Matthew 10, where, where you know, he's talking about brothers going to betray brother and stuff. It's going to happen in the church, man. Be very careful who you're friends with in your church, wherever you're at. Because not everybody in that church where you're at is a believer. 
They pretend to be believers, and they will hand you over. They will. This is one of the interesting things that I, I totally appreciate about the um, underground church, you know, in China and various places like that. They will not let you know where the real underground church is until you've served your time in prison and suffered for Christ under the government. You know, that's their way of testing. Hey, are you real or are you going to betray us? Because we don't need no Judases in our, in our midst, right? And maybe there will be some in there. Who knows? But, you know, at least they're tested a little bit. Yeah. A faith that is untested cannot be trusted. Yep. Same thing with convictions. If you're not willing to stand up for what you really believe, then don't gripe when you, you lose your right. You know, if you really believe some of the stuff I'm saying, why not speak it yourself? Start a blog. I dare you. You know, I mean, seriously. Well, anyway, okay. So we only got like, gosh, we're running out of time here. Yeah. Um, let's see. So um, Jeannie says, stand up for what's right. God is holy. Denise says, God is cleansing the church. It is changing fast. Like at Beth Moore moving away from truth. Yeah, Beth Moore. Beth Moore, you know, bless her heart, you know, and I mean that in the Southern way. Uh, I have never been a massive fan of Beth Moore. I've, I've done a couple of her Bible studies, but she has, in my opinion, gone off the deep end on a lot of stuff. And if you watch her Instagram, she seems to me, you can hate me for saying this, but she seems a little emotionally unstable when you watch her her Instagram. I don't know if she's trying to be funny as a 60 something plus year old woman trying to like, you know, embrace her popularity or what. I don't know, but it is a tragedy what has happened to her. And what I can honestly say is many years ago, you know, she, she launched that believing God thing. It was a big hit and everything. And then eventually she got involved with word of faith teacher, James Robeson got on his show life today. And then they offered her a weekly show on that. And I remember very clearly when she took that position, she declared, Oh, I never want to be on TV and I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Blah, blah, you know, and everything. And she's been corrupted, you know? Joyce Meyer, the same thing. You know, people follow Joyce Meyer like she's some biblical scholar. That woman is a word of faith teacher. And recently, she kind of sort of backpedaled on some of that stuff. But if you listen to her stuff, and I do, I have listened to it, a lot of it. It's garbage. It's, n it's not about the Lord. It's about her. She is a classic drama queen, that woman is. And... um. Does she do good things for the poor and have the big ministries and millions of dollars coming in? You betcha. You know, but you know, the, there's pro there's a handful of Bible teachers I would actually wholeheartedly recommend. And one is K. Arthur. K. Arthur Precepts Ministries International. Solid Bible teacher. Anne Graham Lotz, I believe, pretty solid Bible teacher. Nancy Lee DeMoss, I think, is pretty good, too. I haven't really examined a ton of her stuff, but she seems pretty solid. Um... Ariel Ministries, solid, you know, but you got to be careful. I don't know, Christine Kane, I don't know all these really famous people. I can tell you the book Jesus Calling is nothing but a bunch of mysticism, new age crap. And I say that confidently because I have the book. I've been reading through it going, what the hell? Why are people reading this crap? If you knew God's word, you wouldn't be reading it. And yet that whole thing, don't be mad at me, but 
if you read, if you're actually, if you understand even the history of Sarah Young and her background, you wouldn't be reading it. You'd throw it out the window because she's heavily steeped in mysticism. By the way, I will say if you watch Pastor Billy Crone on YouTube, he has a whole series. It's like 1620 like videos talking about the history of all of that stuff out there. You know, I'm just saying it is out there. The info is out there. It was uh, Marsha Montenegro, I believe it was, who she died, unfortunately. She died pretty suddenly, too. But, you know, she did a whole series on, you know, the unbiblical practices of yoga, mysticism, the new age underpinnings of, of stuff, you know, and nobody wants to talk about it. Instead, the Christians are like, hey, yeah, I'm doing yoga. I'm going to go in and, you know, I have a friend. I will tell you this, and this is another I'm sorry, I'm going off on all these rabbit trails. But I have a friend who went, uh, she recently asked me, she said, what do you think of yoga? And I said, well, a long time ago, I did an interview with Jan Markell from Olive Tree Views about the topic of yoga. And what I learned from her is that you don't want to do it. You're, you, are, you are engaging with the kundalini spirit that sits at the base of that of your spine and when you're doing these yoga stretches and stuff you are actually doing worship acts to these these demonic spirits and so i said no do not do it you know the church the church is like well you know we can do worship christian yoga blah blah blah, blah. well i'll tell you what happened to this friend of mine i told her not to do it and literally, I think it was like the two or three days later, she messages me on Facebook. And I don't know if she's watching the show tonight, but she messages me and she said, you're never going to believe what happened. I go, what? She said, well, I went and I did yoga and guess what happened? My back started killing me, you know? And, and anyway, she went into this whole thing about what happened. And I, and I said, well, are you going to do it again? You know, it, it's so deceptive and yet pastors aren't talking about it because they're entrenched in it because most of them are into building their business church instead of actually discipling the church, you know, and building disciples because they frankly go to business school and, you know, they're building their mega church, they're building their empire, you know. So anyway, I want to get to this last article because I know where time's almost out. But anyway, okay. I'll be quiet. <laughs> uh, okay. So this article was over on ChristianHeadlines.com. It's titled, School Punishes Sixth Grader for, for Using Wrong Pronoun for Transgender Student. So it says here, uh, an Ohio public school punished, okay, it's Ohio, okay, Pum punished, an Ohio public school punished a sixth grader after he used the wrong pronoun for a transgender student and told friends that the student is a boy, not a girl, according to the Christian legal group Liberty Council. The school has since agreed to stop punishing students in similar circumstances, Liberty Council says. At issue is a biological boy who identifies as a girl, according to a letter Liberty Council wrote to the school district. Names were redacted. Um, the incident occurred in art class on May 13th when a group of girls who had, quote, enthusiastically affirmed the transgender student's identity began discussing the issue. The girls began talking about the transgender student, 
taking girl hormones and eventually having his male private parts removed and that this would make him a girl according to the letter. I'd like to smack those parents. It won't. I mean, anyway. That's when the sixth grade student, John Doe, who was punished, spoke up saying, no, he's a boy, not a girl. Another male student, boy B, agreed saying, yes, you are what you are born with. John was not mocking the transgender student, but was stating what he truly believes after being subjected to the conversations of the girls all semester, the letter said. The art teacher overheard a portion of the conversation and reported the boys to the assistant principal who allegedly told John, you can have your own beliefs, but the transgender student wants to be called a girl. John was pulled out of PE on May 14th and forced to sit in the principal's office. He felt shame and embarrassment at being pulled out of gym class in front of his friends, the letter said. Based on his conversation with the assistant principal, he understands that he must refer to the transgender student as a girl and with female pronouns going forward or that he will be punished. The other boys received worse punishments, apparently because the assistant principal believed they were bullying and not being sincere. Liberty Council said John has the right to state his beliefs. The First Amendment protects the student's right to hold his own views, the letter said, and to respectfully share them where the issues of transgenderism, cross-sex hormones, and having male private parts removed are raised by others in conversation during school time where students may talk and are otherwise permissible subjects of discussion. This is especially true where the student shares his views in response to conversations to which he is repeatedly subjected by others against his will. Moreover, the government may not take one side in a cultural or scientific debate and turn classrooms into enclaves of totalitarianism, the letter said. Students do not shed their constitutional rights at the schoolhouse gate. The school district responded to Liberty Council saying John did not receive formal disciplinary, disciplinary action and that the Board of Education does not discipline students for expressing respectful disagreement on any topic. The school further said the Board of Education does not discipline students for using certain pronouns and referring to students or, or coerce any student to use a particular pronoun and that no student would be required to use false pronouns. Oh, really? The parents were pleased with the outcome, Liberty Council said. Students may respectfully share their views without being punished, Liberty Council founder and chairman Matt Staber said. School administrators were wrong to punish students for expressing their views on something patently obvious. Schools cannot force students to lie about objective reality. If I was the mom of the kid that they punished, I'd be like, hey boy, I love you. Let's go out to Andy's for some frozen custard. I mean, I would, I would bless my boy. I'd be so proud of him. Buy him a superhero t-shirt that actually said a boy is a boy if he has a penis and doesn't take girl hormones. I'd let him wear that shirt to his classroom. And the truth, (laughs) the truth is if he takes the hormones and has his male private parts removed, he's still a boy. Every right. remaining cell of his body I know. with the Y chromosome declares his masculinity. Yeah, I know, but it's child abuse. It, it is actual child abuse for a normal child to get punished for stating 
the truth the emperor has no clothes hey look he has a penis <gasps> he's a boy oh no we can't say that everybody else around us is saying he's a girl what's wrong with you that, that person has some good parents now the parents of the poor boy that you know is undergoing hormone treatment those people should have their kid taken away from them in my opinion but that's just my opinion um, no, I share that opinion, and several million other people share that opinion. It's not yours, it's yours. It just irritates me, you know? Yeah. What? I know. Our show's over. Yeah, once he's 18, if that's what he wants to do, it's, it's tragic, but it's not criminal. What? Parents... Parents letting a child determine <laughs> such, you know life-altering come here you know not providing not providing uh boundaries and guidance for their children yeah yeah can you guys hear my cat she's a little late <laughs> i don't know why he's meowing at me that's how i start my day he gets on my bed he comes up and meows at me and i'm like shut up and then he'll come up and meow at me more. I'm like. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Well, that is our show, people. It is 9.32. We've gone over time. But I hope that. Um... <laughs> I That was funny, Melanie. <laughs> Melanie said, remember them, GM Lion? We have the BNR cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well anyway um so tomorrow night we'll be back i knew we weren't gonna be able to cover the seven stories i pulled tonight because we talked too much so we'll continue tomorrow if you guys have any feedback or any stories you want me to think about or put on or whatever just feel free to message it to me look cat trying to finish the show Okay, so, um, yeah. So do that, and then... Uh, thanks for tuning in. Hey, if you don't mind sharing the show out, like tweeting it out on whatever social media platform you're on, whether you're on YouTube or, you know, if you're on YouTube, take our show, put it on your Facebook page. You know, if you're on Periscope, tweet it out to Twitter and, hit, you know, put it, put it somewhere. You know, throw it on Pinterest or Twitch or something. I don't care. Do me a favor because nobody's going to see it otherwise. I mean, they literally, I'm going to see it right now. Periscope has showed our show to 200 people in 90 minutes. So that, you know, we got almost 6,000 followers. So, you know, hey, are they shadow banning us? I think so. Whatever. You know, but if I was a false teacher, you know, heck, we'd be exploding. <laughs> Whatever. I don't care that much. I mean, I really don't because it's part of the signs of the times but uh if you help spread the word then you know it'll get out more and as i always say people remember be bold stand up and go with god because he loves you and uh we'll see you tomorrow night okay bye <laughs>